Thank you for listening to the Desert Road Community Church podcast. If you would like to support Desert Road Community Church, go to www.desertroad.church and select the online giving tab. Now, let's join Pastor Dave Prosser as he gives this week's message. Uh, Well, I don't know if you realize it. Maybe you do. But today is Pentecost Sunday. Did you realize that? What's Pentecost? We, we, could say, uh, we could say that it's the birthday of the church, right? Pentecost means, anybody? 50. That's right. Good answer. Uh, so it occurs 50 days or the seventh Sunday after the ascension of Christ. So, yeah, resurrection. Did I say ascension? Resurrection of Christ. Uh, so, now as we have seen in our walk through the book of Acts, there's been some very important and powerful events taking place in the lives of the believers and the early church. And we've been looking at that and seeing how it also applies in our lives today. The most important and the most powerful event that I think that took place was the Holy Spirit coming upon the people as they were in that room locked away, waiting. You know, the Lord told them to go and wait until the Holy Spirit came upon them. I thought about that and thought about, what if I'd have been in in that group of people? And, And I'd have joined them in this waiting process. How nervous would you have been? How much fear would you have been feeling? I think there might have been some fear and and anticipation. Okay, we're waiting. The Lord told us to wait. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon us. Is it going to be today? Is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be next year? But we'll wait on the power of the Holy Spirit as the Lord has instructed us. Last week, as we were looking at the book of Acts, we were looking at the uh, one of the lists of the spiritual gifts that were described here. You might remember that list. Uh, the list was the lift, list of prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leading, and showing mercy. That list of spiritual gifts. Now, this is, if you know Scripture, this is just one of the list of the spiritual gifts. Uh, The Apostle Paul gives more in Corinthians, for example, so we'll see that one of these days. Uh, But here, I think, is the most important gift. Because you get asked that all the time when you talk about spiritual gifts. Well, okay, well, Pastor Dave, what's, what's the most important gift, spiritual gift? Is it speaking in tongues? Well, maybe if you've got an interpreter. Okay, is it preaching? Well, okay. Is it teaching? Is it giving? Here, to me, is the most important gift you can have. And it's God himself. God himself. (laughs) Have you known people? 
Have you seen people in churches that claim a gift, but they're missing this? They're missing God Himself. I'll tell you just a quick side note here. We, I had a youth ministry. I was a youth pastor in Minnesota, and our youth ministry, after you know a couple of years and working with kids, and it was growing and just flourishing. And we were, we were traveling lots of places doing ministry. We were going to other churches all over Minnesota, showing them how, and we were taking our kids with them. Usually, one or two vans full of kids, and we'd say, "Here's." That what you can do with your church youth ministry. And, you know, not that I was a great youth pastor, but youth, our youth ministry was growing. I, I told you before, we grew from 22 kids when I first stepped into the ministry. And within a month, I had grown that ministry to 12, you know. So how can you knock that, right? But in a couple of years' time, we were running almost 100 junior high and senior high kids in this little community in Minnesota and doing, like I said, traveling all around, doing great ministry. And so another church heard about that ministry somehow, and they contacted me and offered me a position as a youth pastor of their church. And I said, well, we'll come and check it out, Leslie and I. So they had a, if I recall, a Saturday service, Saturday no, it was a Sunday morning service. So we went to the Sunday morning service. It was okay. And they said they had a special speaker coming in that night. And uh, we said, well, they invited us. Would you like to come back for that service? And we, sure, it might help us evaluate things a little better too, you know. So we went to the service, and uh, this gentleman starts telling this story about this vision that he had, a dream that he had about walls, uh, foundation and walls of a building being built. And he went on and on about how this was going to serve and yada, yada, you know. And, 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 and again, talking about spiritual gifts and how the Lord was in this vision that he was having. He gave this whole presentation, and at the end of it, he's leading to spiritual gifts. And at the end of it, he says, now, if you would like to have the ability to speak in tongues, Bill's over here, and if you want, you just go over to Bill, and he'll help you with that. If you want the gift of giving, well, go over here, and Judy's over there, and she'll help you with that gift. And they had people going to various people to say, yeah, that's the spiritual. They were missing this. You see this? They were missing God in that, because that's not how you claim a spiritual gift, and that's not how God's going to work a spiritual gift in your life, in my estimation. There's a spiritual gift you need, God himself. And I say it every single time. You're probably tired of me saying it. But the instantly, when you say yes to Jesus, invite him in as the Savior and Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit's coming in as a part of that. And as soon as you step out, as soon as you try something, guess what? A, a spiritual gift off that list, maybe off another list, is going to just blossom in your life. But this is where it starts. That's why I said the best gift of any gift you can ever get. I don't care what the best gift you've ever received at Christmas or a birthday. Never can surpass 
the gift of God himself in your life. Somebody should say amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and I, I read in the book, in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, and God's speaking to Aaron at this time. Aaron's the high priest, right? And he's telling Aaron this. Look at this uh, from the book of Numbers. And the Lord said to Aaron, you will have no inheritance in their land, nor will you have any share among them. But then God continues, and he continues, and he says this. He says, I am your share you and your inheritance among the Israelites. You see that even as God spoke to Aaron, the high priest, and he said, you're not going to have an inheritance of what, what's going on in the land and with the people. But that's okay, Aaron. I am your inheritance. I'm your share among the people. God promised a portion infinitely above the real estate in Palestine and all the earth thrown in to Aaron. The promise to possess God is an inheritance that can be shared by all of us if we know God. See, there's this sense, this sense in which God never gives any gift except he gives himself with it. The gift of love. You know, you love God, but what is it but God giving himself back to you in love? Mercy, the mercy of God is but giving himself in mercy. And so it is with the, the gift of blessings the blessings of God. Deep within the, all divine blessings is the divine one himself. As we are believers, here's the great thing, we all have this, but we also know that there's, there's still this enemy of God out there, isn't there? And he's still working in our world today. You may have heard this statement, but to be right with God has often meant to be in trouble with man. To be right with God is often means to be in trouble, to be opposite of what man wants. I mean, look at our world today. Look at the stoneheads that are out there. I'm telling you. You know, if the church doesn't worldwide open its eyes and really deal with what's going on in the reality of our world. And it's not the stoneheads in the government. It's the fact that there's an enemy of God. What would, I think I prayed it, but what was our country founded on? Christian principles, wasn't it? Uh, can you agree with me on that? Was our country founded on Christian principles? How strong are those Christian principles within our government leaders right now? See, the enemy has worked in, has worked in, because he's still active and still alive and still working. Because why? Because Christ hasn't returned yet. So we have to realize there's still an enemy in our world, don't we? 
And you also know this enemy is the author of lies. Have you heard any lies lately? Another just quick side story, as I said that, in my years serving as chaplain with the sheriff in, in Minnesota, and I'd be out every single week, two or three times a week with the deputies, you know, and I'd, I'd be on warrant sweeps with them or traffic stops, and they'd pull somebody out and start talking with them. And I, I forget if I was talking with John or I was talking with somebody this week about the, this very fact. No one ever tells a deputy the truth. No one ever tells a deputy the truth. When, if somebody were to stand in front of that deputy and say, John Phelps has a gray T-shirt on today, if the deputy were to say that, the person would say, no, he doesn't. He's got a, uh, a light black one on. I, they never tell the truth. Why? Go back to our first most important spiritual gift. They're not walking with God, are they? The enemy is at work in our life. I, that's just one silly, small example. The enemy is at work in our world. He's the author of lies, Scripture tells us. And those who lie, <laughs> when he lied, right there, the very first time, in the garden. You remember that? In Genesis chapter 3, as he spoke to Eve, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals, and the Lord God, the Lord God had made. And he said to, to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? First lie. There it is. You see the two words I underlined? You see what, Satan, what did Satan do there? Twisted the word of God. Twisted what God had said to Eve, didn't he? No, no, we can eat from any, any tree. We can eat. But not just that tree. See, but no, no, Satan comes in and says, Well, did God say that you must not eat from... Any tree in the garden? So right at the very beginning, the author of lies began. Last week after the service, we were talking because hopefully you've noticed, and those that are watching, uh, on Facebook, Shelley's been posting a lot of pictures and information about the church, and many, many, many comments are coming back. And Shelley asked me, for two reasons, but she asked me uh, what my favorite verse of the scripture, favorite verse, verse out of the Bible was, because I had shared that before. And, and, and first thing I said was my favorite story. I, I misunderstood exactly what she was asking me. My favorite story in the Bible, just so you know, we're not going to talk about it, but it, is the story of Nicodemus coming at night to Jesus. That's my favorite story. My favorite verse is this verse. And it's Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. Oh, I love this verse. I love this verse. See, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but, the, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Take out the... <laughs> 
I said, take out the eyes and the me's. And, and isn't our society trying to do that today? And they're trying to take out, I'm a woman, I'm a me, I'm a... Anyway, that's beside the point. Take out the eyes and the me's here and put your name in there. Put your name in that. Read that verse and put your name in it. I'll read it. Dave has been crucified with Christ, and Dave no longer lives, but Christ lives in Dave. The life that Dave now lives in the body, Dave lives by faith in the Son of God who loved Dave and gave himself for Dave. I was pastoring in a church in Rockford, Minnesota. Senior pastor of that church, first position as a senior pastor after those years of being a youth pastor. I was thinking about that this week and sort of chuckling. I was the only pastor. So I guess I was a senior pastor, the worship leader pastor, worship pastor, the youth pastor, the janitor pastor. I chuckled that, you know, how in a, in a single church, you call yourself the senior pastor, you're the only pastor. Anyway, that's, uh, anyway, that's beside. I have this sense of humor sometimes, I'm sorry. Yeah, rabbit hole pastor, that's it. Anyway, I've been there a few years, and, and if you've ever been in ministry, uh, every once in a while you, you feel rather overwhelmed, to put it lightly. And uh, so I got up, and I was sitting in the office. I remember I went to the office, and that church had an office. <laughs> and uh, 6.30 in the morning, and I was doing some devotions. And the way I typically really enjoy doing devotions is I'll take my Bible and I'll just say, Lord, how do you want to speak to me today? And I'll open up someplace, and I'll put my finger on that page. And where my finger falls, that's where I read. I'll read that verse. And I typically would do that four to six times. So I'll just turn someplace else and put my finger down again and do it again. Every time the Lord leads me in a progression of verses. Every single time. And it happened this morning. I was, I can I tell you, I was feeling tired, beat up a little bit, as comes with the job. <laughs> and the Lord led me to Galatians 2.20. And I stopped. And was in shock at what he led me to in this verse. Galatians 2.20, because I was crucified with Christ. Let me put that back up there. Crucified with Christ. You realize that was you upon the cross with him? that he took your sin, life, and put it on that cross? That you being crucified with Christ were laid in that tomb? But because you were crucified with Christ, and Christ now lives in you and you live in Christ, the power of the resurrection brought you back to life also. What's the greatest gift you can ever have God himself. God himself.
I mean, to give God back to us is the most important and the chief work of Christ in redemption. To impart himself to us in a personal experience is the first purpose of God in salvation. To bring a, a sharp God awareness to us is the best help the Holy Spirit brings in sanctification. Today being Pentecost Sunday remind, reminds us that we have a risen Savior. We have a sanctifier. We have a healer. And we have a coming king. Watch out, Satan, because he's coming for you. He's coming back. You know, we put the... I didn't. I changed it again. I changed too many times. We put the logo of the CMA up there. And it signifies Christ as Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, Coming King. Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, Coming King. I'm glad we have a denomination that knows it's Jesus and all about Jesus. Father, thank you for loving us through your son, Jesus. May we know that the best gift we will ever receive in life is you. Through your son and through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we have you. Thank you for loving us. Even while we were sinners, Christ died for us.